0: So our theme for this month is, being in love shows. Now as you look at how you look then you can see that they are in love. Can't you? All of those that know, <laughs> Rick said, yeah, you doing a bad job. the first time when we came into church he said to me can't I move my chair (laughs) so that's what it means to be in love and you can see it you see it shows when you when people are in love you can see it in the way they look at each other in their faces the way they treat each other and all of that so My message this morning is, the subtitle is, The Most Important Thing. Are we talking about being in love? Shows. But the most important thing, what is that? Um, We live in a world of instant things. You get instant tea these days. You get, when we want um, answers to our problems, we want it yesterday, now, can't wait. Even if if something happens or solutions or possessions, (laughs) buy now, pay later. Now. You don't have to save. Now. Isn't that the world these days? Isn't that what they advertise? Commit later. You can have it now. Pay later. You can have it now. And that's the world that we live in. And even if we do have a, little, have a little bit of time, we've just become so impatient that we just don't want to wait and just try and stand in a queue. As I drove down the other day in, in School Street, there was a, a car in front, there where Gold Tech is, and this poor car was struggling and, and they were pushing this car, two or three guys were, was, were pushing this car. And I was about the third car behind them, and there came a red, I don't know what it was, car from on the other side of the road, just past us, because he couldn't wait for a second, just for them to get the car out of the road. And that is what we see these days, and that is many times what we do as well. We get impatient with things. So if we can look at a quick or a short phrase this morning, um, Jesus summarizes his coming to earth in the following verses. Matthew 5, verse 17, and this is the Amplified that I'm reading. Do not think that I came to do away with or undo the law of Moses or the writing of the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. So if you want to know why Jesus came to earth, and you want this short version of that, this is the scripture. Not to do away with the law, but to fulfill the law. To give us life, what the law couldn't do. So let me give you a bit of background. Jesus grew up in a Jewish family, we all know that. And They normally teach, and still today, teach their children exactly what Torah teaches. So they have to learn the Torah, and they have to learn to obey everything that the Torah teaches. There are about um, 613, yes, 613 laws, and they try and keep all of those laws. That's how they grew up. So as Jesus grew up, of course, he knew the scriptures. He later became a rabbi, and he had his own followers. So there were people that followed him, that stayed with him, that learned from him, and he again taught them the scriptures. There was a bit of a difference between what he taught and the Torah. But he didn't neglect the Torah. He didn't push the Torah away. He didn't push the laws away. He came to fulfill it. So when Moses first received the Ten Commandments, that was a short version of the 613 laws in the Bible. And then, I can ask you this morning, what is the most important thing in the Bible? Yes. You see, the Pharisees also asked that. They knew about the 613. They knew that Jesus was brought up in those. So they tried to come with a trick question, this particular man, and he said, So tell me what is the most important. Let's read that. Matthew 22, 34 to 40. Now, when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. One of them, a lawyer, an expert in the law, asked Jesus a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That is, unselfishly seek the best or higher good for others, the Amplified says. The whole law and the writings of the prophets depend on these two commands. In other words, if we want to take the Bible and sum it up in two points, this is it. This is how earth started. God created the earth because of his love. Jesus came because of God's love. Everything was because of the love. And God says, love me. Love your neighbor. Let my love flow through you. You see, as the Pharisees tried to catch Jesus out, he knew this. So what did he do? He actually quoted scripture for them. In Deuteronomy 6, verse 4 to 5, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is the one, the only God. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and with all your soul and with all your strength, your entire being. That is the scripture that Jesus quoted. So they couldn't do anything to him. But then he added Leviticus. You see? He didn't just quote one, he added another one, and that's Leviticus 19.18. You shall not take revenge or bear any grudge against the sons of your people, but you shall love your neighbor, acquaintance, associate, or companion as yourself. I am the Lord. So Jesus took these scriptures, put them together, and says, this is the most important. Number one, number two. This is the most important thing. And he took the Torah. He took scripture from what they, the scripture that they knew, that, that they were familiar with. Um, and then he said, these two is the foundation of everything. This fulfills, this sums up the whole message of the Bible. But for the Jews, love was more than just a feeling. They understood that Jesus wasn't saying, oh, just feel good and smile and put up with someone and think that's love. For them, love was a very, very practical thing. It was doing. In other words, there had to be fruit if you say you love someone. So. the practical thing for them was to do good to others. And that's like that golden rule that your mom taught you, or your parents, your dad, whoever taught you. Do you know what the golden rule is? <laughs> Say? Yes, says Oleg. Yes. Remember, our parents used to say that: "Don't do to others that you don't want them to do to you, or the other way around. Do to others what you want them to do to you. In other words, treat others the way you want to be treated." Let me prove that to you. Where is that now? Matthew 7:12. Therefore, whatever you want people to do for you, do the same for them, because this. Summarizes the law and the prophets. It's actually in the Bible. So, your man, your part, your It's in the Word. But you see, it's not about what they do. It's about the motives behind what we do. And that is doing to others. A motive why I'm doing that. Let that be an example of what you want people to do to you. You want their motive to be if they do something for you. So Jesus demonstrated for us this unconditional love, this love of the Father and love of the future kingdom. Remember the kingdom of God? God is love. That is where love is. So this future kingdom that we are part of, when we accepted Jesus as our Savior, That future kingdom love is available for us now. That unconditional love. So in John 15, we're going to read a few scriptures this morning. John 15, 9, he says, Just as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. So where does it start? Definitely not in Hollywood. They demonstrate a selfish love, a self-seeking conditional love. If you love me, you make me happy. I'm the one that needs to be happy in this relationship. Do things so that I like it. Do it the way I like it. Isn't that what they portray as love? So, how can we as humans then love the way God loves? How can we love the way God loves? And even love our enemies, because that's what the word says. It said now, your neighbor, but then further on, It says, your enemies as well. And that's Matthew 5.43. You have heard that it was said, you must love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Because that's what the Pharisees taught. But I say to you, you see Jesus makes a shift here. He makes a, a, a change here in the scriptures. He says, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you. That's another level of love. That's a level that we look at and say, Rarach, ek wil klap, ek wil nie lief nie? There's just one way that we can do this. Just one way that we can be obedient. Enjoy God's love and love other people. Two commandments. And that is through the resurrected life of Christ in us. Can I say that again? The resurrected life of Christ in us. Through our new nature and our new heart that were created in us when we accepted Jesus. Through the kingdom of the coming age, that kingdom that breaks into this world where we live, just through that, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot fathom, we cannot make or create this kind of love by ourselves. All we can do is we can be channels. Of that love that comes from God, that perfect, unconditional love. And this sounds like it's all calling. And it is. But it's possible. It's possible. The power of the Holy Spirit in us. The next scripture talks about people who have experienced that. Hebrews 6 verse 4 to 5 talks about people who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age. That's where we can live. That's God's desire that we should live that way. It's possible. But then, because it's it's so difficult to love others the way I love myself, because in this world, so many things happen, and often we don't love ourselves anymore. Many times we can't even stand ourselves. That could be because of various reasons. Maybe the example that we had. Maybe abuse in our lives, whether verbally or so, um, emotionally or physically. Maybe neglect. Maybe I feel I'm not good enough because I know how much sin there is still in my life, or how much I still choose the wrong thing. We disqualify ourselves when we look at ourselves in the mirror. Maybe something that someone said when we were younger or small, many reasons. But today there are so many people that don't love themselves. It's either we don't love ourselves, or it goes totally overboard and no one else matters, just me, me and I. And if we look at things that people post, you can see it's either this side or that side. But God wants us to love ourselves. Not that we're better than anyone else, but as soon as we discover what he sees when he looks at us, we can love ourselves because there's grace. So how do we break this cycle or this lie that we grew up with or circumstances or whatever where people don't love themselves because of some of the reasons that I mentioned? First of all, we need healing, and Jesus can do that. And I was one of those. There was nothing about myself that I liked, never mind loved, because of emotional abuse when I was a young girl. But you know what? God healed me. And when I look in the mirror now, I like what I see. Not because it's spectacular, but because God loves it, Because he loves me, and he He created me to be like this. Wat op die trappie staan, as ek met Monja een drikkie wil gee. It's okay. Telk as Jesus bezig, toe hy my lengte uitgewerkt het, it's okay. See what I'm saying? We can experience healing to a point where we can be comfortable with who we are. Not that I'm better than anyone else, but I am me. And that's what he wanted when he created me. I've still got a lot to change, outside, inside, Believe me. But then we also need to experience God's love. And that is something that happened in my life as well. His true, unconditional love. The kind that renew our minds. The kind that renew our feelings. The kind that renew our outlook on life. The way we look at people. That kind of love. The kind that... (laughs) But I perceive your That puts your life upside down, that kind of unconditional love. And that's when we see through God's eyes. We can see ourselves through His eyes. That kind of love. We need to experience that. Because if we can experience that for ourselves, we know God feels like that for the next person. That's how He feels about them. So I think a prayer we should pray every day is Lord, show me what you see. I pray that often. In a situation, when I look in the mirror, When I'm dealing with someone, Lord, show me what you see. That could change a lot. So, God is the origin of love. He first loved us, and he is love. And if we take 1 Corinthians 13 and replace the word love with God, that's who he is. Because God is love. Romans 8. 35 tells us, and this is, you, you know the scripture off by heart. I didn't even put it on the screen. Who will separate us from the Messiah's love? And then in verse 38, it says, For I am convinced that neither death or life, oh, and he gives you a whole list of things that covers about everything in this world. Wuch, laag, binne, Baita It covers everything that you can ever think of. None of that, none of that can make God love you less. And then in John, Jesus says again, John 13, 34, I am giving you a new commandment. Now he changes the scene a little bit. He says, I am giving you a new commandment. That you love one another just as I have loved you. You see, it's in another dimension. First he said, love people like you love yourself. Oh-oh, problem. Now he says, but wait. Love people the way I love you. So we first need to discover God's love. Oh, I am giving you a new commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. So you too are to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you have love and unselfish concern for one another, that's the Amplified Version. How will they know we're different? By our love. Sometimes we think, Ah, gaan alle alweer oor liefde Yes. Until it changes our lives. Until we realize how much God loves us and other people. Because the Greek word for agape, for love, agape, is not so much a matter of emotion, as it is doing things for the benefit of others. As die ookie so verlief is op haar, raai wat, ek is seker as ek krij van tyd tot tyd, daar is die deur word oopgemaak. If you love, you will see it. having an unselfish concern for another and a willingness to seek the best for another. That is real love. That is agape. But love being practical. Love means doing things for others. Means putting them first. Not my way, not my will, but theirs. And vice versa. You see, we express our love for God by learning to love one another. That's what He asks us to do. We're in a family. And you've heard people say you can't choose your family. You can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. And whether it's at home or whether it's in church, we are a family. And sometimes we irritate each other. And sometimes we enjoy each other. That's part of being a family. And that's how we learn to love the way God loves. Are having the best in mind for the other person. Should manifest here, should manifest at home, should manifest wherever we go. Helping, serving, encouraging, and praying for each other are a few ways. Alexander Fenter calls it intentional, consistent, even sacrificial doing of good. That is real love. Agape. So let me close. 1 John 4 verse 20 says, Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. That's, it's not nice hearing that. That's how serious God is about family. Whether at home or here. Serving working together for the best of the other person. Even if it means praying day and night, that's one of the ways that we serve. That's one of the ways that we show our love for others. So this is the love that fulfills all that God requires from a place of loving the way God loves, that's our response to His love. Once we've discovered His love, that is our response. We allow that love to flow through us, and we love others that way. From a new heart, a new covenant, and through the Holy Spirit in us. We also know the word says that if you don't have love and you've got all the other things, you're just making a noise. If whatever you do is not grounded in love, in caring for the other person, it's just a noise. So how can you and I say we love God if we don't care for each other, if we don't love each other? Being in love shows. If we've discovered God's love, if we love God, that will overflow in our lives. That will make a difference that we look at each other. That will make a difference how we treat each other. And I don't care where you come from. I don't care what your color is. I don't care what your gender is. I don't care what your status in life is. We should love each other as God loved us.